Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to the Weekly Wicket Podcast, brought to you by Cache Group. My name's Sam Hole, once again, your host here today, and I'm honoured to be joined by one of the modern greats of manly cricket, Mr. David Gainsey Gainsford. Welcome, mate. Thanks for having me, Sammy. Mate, it's a pleasure to have you on the pod, um, and I can't wait to let everyone hear your story um, and talk through your time here with manly cricket, which I dare say has been... 30 plus years now I was off the top of my head but it's got to be at least that yeah it's coming up to 40 mate um, in two years time so yeah it's amazing how quick time flies yeah time flies I think Fraser had the exact same um, turn of phrase at the start of his, his conversation I think he had 44 years so he's not too far <laughs> ahead mate yeah it's crazy I'd love to start um, hearing a little bit about your own cricketing journey and how you ended up here at Manly Cricket Club you weren't from the area and you came from a, a little bit further west than the Blue Mountains than uh, and the sunny coast and, and the borders of Sydney, I know. Yeah. Yeah, my journey, mate, started... Um, I was born and bred in a little country town called Narromine, about 2,000 people, I think it is. And we were about 20k out of town on a farm, about 2,000 acres. Um, so, yeah, life for me was pretty remote. Um, got to play a lot of sport because that's what you do in country towns. My dad was a really keen cricketer. Um, played for a, a club called Backwater and... Funny enough, he had a cricket wicket on the back of the property. So uh, with that cricket club, every Thursday, all the local farmers who played cricket used to come to our farm and train. Um, and that's where my love started. I'd just go out there and bowl to them and field and do whatever. And basically, yeah, just followed my old man around. Um, didn't have any junior cricket in town, so the only way I'd get a game is if um, you know a farmer didn't turn up on a Saturday or he was late. I'd always wear my whites. Uh, to, to the game and I just hope and pray that some of the boys wouldn't turn up and that was basically till I went to boarding school so in year nine I went to boarding school in Sydney and that's where I played my first real competitive cricket and had four years there and yeah, from from there Mick Pawley um, who everyone knows yep, a manly yep. great um, he became friends with, with my dad because my dad was heavily involved in cricket and he just said, would Dave be interested in coming to play cricket at Manly? And that's kind of where the whole Manly journey started. Yeah, wow. And those days back in Narromine, and you talk about people from, from town and across the farms nearby coming and having a hit in your local backyard. When yep. you talk about the local farms, is that like 100 k's in every direction? Like, Nah, probably, you know, there'd be, f- blokes would travel for 30 k's, 20 k's, 5 k's. Um, Still a lot of travel when you, you think about the, the distance compared to Sydney. Yeah. But travel's not a big deal in the bushes we're knowing now with a lot of the boys who make the effort to come down here. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so Mickey Pauly pulls you into, I suppose, gives you the introduction here at Manly Cricket Club. Yeah. Um, back how old were you then at that point in time? Seventeen and a half I was when I finished school. So I didn't know whether I was going to go back on the land. But my parents were really good sports people and they were never given any opportunities so part of the deal that um, what they wanted to do for... I've got a sister as well, so um, she got offered the opportunity to come down as well to um, go to boarding school and then pursue her sport. So, yeah, that's how it all works. But, yeah, mum and dad were just so... Um, I don't know, it was a lot for them to give up their kids, you know, at young ages. 100%. Um, and then be on their own. But, yeah, we really appreciate what they did for us. So we used to come to Manly, mate... Um, just down the road here where we're sitting and we used to come here once every three years I reckon 
And I never forget coming over that Sydney road and seeing water. It was like the biggest deal in the world. I didn't even think about planes and stuff like that. To come to Manly was a really big thing for us and to actually go into the water. Um, it's hard to fathom that this has now become nearly 40 years of my life. I kind of pinch myself sometimes, mate, to be honest, that this is where I've lived for most of my life now. My kids have grown up here, so how I got here is crazy and, yeah, it's, uh, it's been wonderful, though. It's the best thing that's ever happened to me. Absolutely, absolutely. So you find your way here from uh, 17 and a half into your late teens. Yep. And then talk us through your first steps into Manly Cricket Club. Mick Pauly introduces you and then yep. where'd you start? Who were the people that you remember? And I don't know, Fraser's obviously a part of that story as well. Yeah, yeah. So I started in fifth grade, so I came at the back end of the season after school. And so I was working at Mick Pauly Sports Store and then obviously came down and played. I played a couple of games in fives. Uh, I was a leg spinner and batsman. Um, certainly changed later on down the track and then worked my way into forwards for the end of the season. And then I think after that season, I had a little bit in fours and then threes. That's where I met Fraze. Um, and we won a premiership, which I know he mentioned in his podcast. Yep, yep. And it's amazing what I took that for granted. You know, at 18, I think it was winning a premiership. I just thought, well, that's just going to happen all the time. Um, but I didn't win another premiership after that. But to be honest with you, the friendships that we made then are still as strong today. You know, that's 40 years nearly ago. Yeah, it was amazing hearing Fraze. Um even actually after the pod and I ran into him a week or two after talk about that premiership and he was telling stories of was it the game you won I know he said it on the pod as well against Sutherland yeah down at Tonkin Park where you yep. took six for six or something and yep. he was going through wicket by wicket and action by action and how vivid it was in his memory like 30 plus years later and yeah just remarkable Fraser's memory is a lot, a lot better than mine to be honest <laughs> with you but I just remember the moment that we won a premiership and everything that socially went on with that after it, um, it just it just bonded us together straight away. And uh, as I said, you know, you can run into any of those blokes now and you've just got that connection. 100%. So you win a third grade comp, you're still in the 18. Yep. Um, you crack into twos and ones relatively quickly after that? Oh, Sammy, it was funny because I was bowling on leg spinners and let's say my temperament wasn't great for leg spin. I'd probably bowl two good balls and the rest of them would get hit. And when we trained at Graham's, there was no back net, so you get hit way down near the toilet block. There was a toilet block there, and I'd basically get the ball, run back, and just bowl bounces um, <laughs> while I was bowling leg spin. So good. And we had a, uh, a coach called Alan Campbell, who was our first ever club coach, and he pulled me aside and just said, um, Gaines, are you a spinner or are you quick? And I said, well, I'm a spinner. He said, yeah, I don't know whether you've got the temperament for it to be a spinner. And coincidentally, he said, I think you should probably bowl medium paces. And I did, and I started that season and got a good good break. Uh, first game, one of the bowlers got injured in third grade, and I came on open bowling and did pretty well and kind of progressed up the grades pretty quick from there. I think two years later, I was in first grade, yeah. It's amazing. Amazing yeah. how um, quickly things can change. And yeah. I know there's plenty of stories in cricket guys like, Trent Copeland, I think, is the, yeah. the most obvious example from recent memory. I saw some photos online of him wicket-keeping in a PG's premiership-winning team, I think, from the early 2000s. God, that's weird that I know that. But yeah. um, he was playing test cricket 10 years later as a seamer. It's remarkable how, how it kind of works out that way. Yeah, and I say that to kids when I'm coaching them. I said, don't pigeonhole yourself 
too early. You, you don't know how tall you're going to be. You don't know about your personality as much. And, you know, the, all these things are going to change in your career. So, yeah, I think everyone should be open to the idea that you, you could be anything. Just don't, don't pigeonhole yourself. 100%. So you stand the team up, you make your way into twos and ones, kind of... That was throughout the 90s, to my understanding? I started in 80, 88, 89, I think it was. It was a year after we won the first grade premiership. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't play in that. I was playing twos. But the following year, I went away in a trial. Um, ACT played um, us in the so country versus city. We went to Monica. A, a funny story on that, actually. Um, Gordon Greenwich was a great West Indian opening batsman. He uh, finished a series here and he was playing with ACT. So he played that game. Um, I thought I was pretty quick. So I'm charging in like a lunatic and um, he's sweeping me for six. <laughs> two sixes in a row. And back then in Monica, you could park the cars down on the ground. So all I could hear is cars going beep, 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 beep. And then, <laughs> funny enough, the whole slips cordon were clapping him. Um, it was a little bit embarrassing for me, but for the boys, they were just in awe of this man because, you know, he was one of the great opening batsmen of Test cricket or yeah, any absolutely. cricket. Yeah, so that was my first ever experience in first grade. And then, um, yeah, from there I got picked uh, after that and, yeah, kind of stayed in and out of first grade probably over 10 years. Yeah, amazing. Are you in search of a project partner that goes above and beyond the typical for your next commercial project? With teams across both Australia and New Zealand, with over 10 years of proven project success, Casho Group is your trusted partner for all your commercial project needs. Specialising in fit-out projects across office, retail, industrial and building refurbishment, we create spaces that truly reflect your vision. Start your next commercial project with our local team. Visit us today at cashogroup.com. 10 years, kind of playing through the 90s at the top of our club and then you obviously hang up the boots at some point. At the turn of the century, I'm, I'm, I'm 99, making... 2000 was my last year. Yeah, yeah, and then, and then, what was it like? I suppose moving into life after cricket and all the stuff you've done for our club since then in administrative roles, coaching the club, kind of talk us through that journey and, and the number of kind of hats you've worn at Manly Cricket. Yeah, well, to be honest with you, when I finished playing cricket, um, I lost a lot of interest in cricket. To be honest, so I had quite a, quite a few years there where I lost, lost the interest. Um, it was actually my wife who really encouraged me to get involved. I got asked when I was at Shires to, to coach and I originally said no, um, just didn't think it was right for me. And my wife overheard the conversation. Um, I'll never forget where it was. I was in my office and she was in the kitchen and she said, who was that? And I said, it was a bloke called DM from Moringa offering me to coach. Um, and she said, what do you say? And I said, I'm not interested. And she said, why'd you say that? I said, I don't know whether it's for me. And she said, well, why don't you ring him back and tell him you'll do pre-season? And we had three little kids then as well. And just see, because you, you do love cricket, and I think it'd be good for you to get back involved. And that's where it started, Sammy. I, I had no expectations of anything else. I didn't even, as I said, plan on doing anything with cricket when I finished playing. Yeah, wow. And then so you, you're coaching down at Warringah in the yep. Shires competition. And how long? it wasn't that long after that, was it, till you were coaching down here? So I had two years there, and I really loved it, you know. Um, I've, I really have always liked to be able to help people, mate, you know. Um, whether they're talented or not, it doesn't matter. Just giving people opportunities. So then Mick said to me, coincidentally, Mick Pauley again, said to me, um, you know, would you want to come in and coach at Manly? 
and I did, you know, and and that wasn't easy at the start, you know. We we had a couple of tough years, so I've seen a real trans transition with the club, mate. But yeah. you know, back then, you know, we didn't have the facilities, we didn't have the amount of workers. So I think Bobby Rollins, who's who came down with me, um, has been there with me the whole journey. He kind of saw how hard it was. You know, you'd leave at three thirty in the mor- uh, in the afternoon, and then you'd get home at nine thirty at night. We'd have to put the nets up. I don't know whether you're around here. Yeah, then, I, got, I got the end of that down under the under the palm, uh, the pine tree. Sorry, yeah. Manly Oval. Yeah, it was always hard because a lot of the boys used to sit in the car until all the poles went up and the nets went up, and then we'd have to get the mats out and then yeah. we'd have to drag them all over again and. So to think where the clubs come now, you know, you think back then, you think, wow, it's it's come a long, long way. But it was hard yards then. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. And I know Frost touched on the same thing, but it's remarkable the the growth we've seen in the club, particularly in the past, like, 10 to 20 years. Like, yeah. it's remarkable coming from, from that sort of environment. You said it was pretty hard, Yakka, to, to the success we've had at least the past decade. I've been lucky enough to be involved in the club, whether it's club championships, it's facilities over the road at Graham's, it's... It's a new bloody indoor centre popping up out of nowhere in the coming years. Like, talk us through how you feel about some of the change you've seen and like how blessed we are as a cricket club now to just have all this stuff on hand, the volunteers in between. Like, it's chalk and cheese, it sounds like, from where we were not too long ago. Yeah, and a lot of that credit of all this change just comes back to Fraze. Like, Fraze. When Fraze gets his mind into something, it's amazing what he achieves and he, he gets everything done. So the nets, you know, he talked about that earlier on, about getting the proper net facility. He talked about Mick Pauley Oval, um, scoreboard, he's, and now he's got the indoor centre. Like, he's he's ticked every box he, he wanted to do. And that's the great thing about Fraze. He's such a determined fella and he's obviously a great mate of mine as well. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's done a lot of that and he's orchestrated a lot of those changes. And, you know, we've all contributed. We've got a great group there, mate, as you know, being on the yeah, board absolutely. now. You know, Steve Beattie's arguably the best secretary I've ever seen. Um, we've got Scotty McLaughlin, arguably the best treasurer I've ever seen. We've got Joel Mason, who his vision with all that social media, which I'm not very good with, mate, um, has been f- phenomenal. And we've all been together for 10, 10 or so years now yeah. as an exec. So... When I sit back and saw the presentation night we had not not all that long ago and you would be in the MC, I just thought, wow, we've come a hell of a long way. Yeah, definitely. And you just feel feel proud that you're part of it, you know, and you've contributed some some part of it as well. Yeah, 100%. I completely agree. And you throw the women in there as well. And oh, mate. How far we've come there, it's um, it's kind of scary. That's, that's how much the club's evolved in, in yeah. such a short period of time. Yeah, and it tells you how long you've been here as well, mate, you know, so... I don't want to outstay my welcome, so, you know, my my time here is, you know, who, who knows what it'll be, but, you know, I want the, the next generation to come through, you know, like yourself. Um, you know, Gums hopefully will be back and Meso and those guys to kick on. So, yeah, I think the club's in a good spot at the moment, mate. 100%, 100%. You've talked through what's been a hell of a journey over, like you said, 40-odd years. You mentioned a premiership right at the top of it all. What are some of the other kind of fond memories you've had, whether it's on the field, off the field, um, that you look back on with kind of the most fondness over that time? I think my friendships made a, mean, mean so much to me. Um, coming here, I didn't know anybody, you know. I, I'll never forget when I moved into DY, didn't even know what DY was. <laughs> I sat in a unit there um, and basically just thought, what the hell am I doing? 
you know, I didn't know one person. Like, it's a busy place, Sydney. Yeah. But you can feel so lonely as well. I think anyone's going to be busy compared to Narromine or yeah, true, mate. Narromine. True, <laughs> mate. Um, but yeah, I, I really remember the loneliness of sitting in, in the unit, going, "Wow, what, what am I doing here?" And then, you know, not long down the track, you know, you, you know, I got got married about twenty-five or six years of age, and most of my bridal party were all the cricket boys, um, and just those friendships mean the world to me. And, you know, your friendships, are, you know, range from, you know, your Bobby Rollins, who's 83, and Mickey Pauley and Dougie, all the way down to the young kids at Green Shield. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're the real fond things for me. Um, having my son come through the ranks as well with you. Yeah. You know, I remember meeting you, I think, you were at St Augustine's, I think you might have been about 13, and, and yeah, seeing no. all you guys grow up, that's been a really you know, important thing in my life seeing him come through the ranks and and that and enjoying his cricket and enjoying the experiences that, that, that I have. So that's been a great thing as well, mate. And then lastly, probably the greatest thing for me is our club championships because it's, it's truly the only time that your club can actually all enjoy it together. You know, when individual teams win, it, it's great, but there's nothing like the whole club and being here for quite a few club championships and just seeing the emotion in the room and... Um, yeah, that's something that I'll, I'll treasure being around for. Yeah, completely agree, completely agree. And in terms of this club, and obviously it means so much to you and so many people in this community, like, what do you think sets Manly apart from many other similar sporting groups or cricket clubs or whatever it may be? And I suppose what drives the success? Is it the people? Is it the culture? Like, is it a mix of everything? Like, what what makes it such a... What made you stay at the start of it all? You mentioned people. Was that the difference? And yeah. Is that what set it apart? I, I think where we live, like I don't take it for granted. As I said, I still remember the days of driving down here and seeing water for the first time and, and seeing Manly Oval for the first time as a kid. So for me, where we live is really important. Like we're very fortunate where we live. And that's why when I get the country boys down here, I want them to, to experience that. Um, I think the culture that we have, and culture's a loose term, but, you know, everyone lives in the area. So socially it's very good. I've got a lot of mates around at other clubs who coach and, you know, boys are travelling a lot to get to their clubs. So for us, you know, socially it's always, you know, the boys generally live in the area. They can all go down to Manly for a drink. Um, So I think that's good. And the other thing too, I think Manly Oval's a special place. Where we're sitting now is great. You know, I, I'm very fortunate to have all the new generation of kids coming through every year and you just see the excitement in their face um, and in just their, the, the way they express themselves just to be at Manly Oval. Yeah. And I know we've been around a long time and you take it for granted, but certainly the kids don't. So seeing that and what we've got here is, um, is, is fantastic. Yeah, no, I completely agree. It's, um, it's a special place down here and... Kind of, I remember the first couple of times I got to play down here in Greenshield's always the, the prime example and I think mum and dad still have photos of that old scoreboard I know they've replaced since then yep. um, with my name on it and um, even now when, when you get up there on the electronic one it's pretty special to, to be running around down here not that I get, get too many cracks <laughs> of the cherry these days in third grade um, but no it's awesome when you mentioned the, the, the bush and the country and I know we've, we've talked about Narromine and where you came from I'd love for you to, to, to mention Gaines kind of that link that I think still exists in our club and, and some of the people you work with and some of the players, I think, that have even joined the club this year for the first time mm. um, that have come from all corners of the state um, and why that's important to you, obviously, and so great for our club and our, our long-term success. 
Yeah, well, I think it's good to have a mix, Sammy. Like we're very big with our pathway, and um, I think that's one of the great things we that we set up about 12 years ago, and we've had great success. Um, but I equally would like to give country boys that opportunity as well. Definitely. So, um, you know, the, the links have basically come from friends who I've either grown up with in the bush or people who I've played cricket with. So Jeff Tucker, who's one of my closest mates, he yep. lives up at Pottsville um, and tucks his into coaching and he's very good with his eye on a good cricketer, but more importantly, a good person. Yeah. So he hasn't sold us a dud yet. Um, he's, uh, so we've probably had, I think, six players from up there, um, up that Pottsville, Kingscliff area. Yeah, and Pottsville, yeah, I was gonna say, Pottsville is not Central Coast, Mid-North Coast. Pottsville is the, the top of our state. That's, you're basically yeah. in, in Queensland at that point. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, when um, he got involved, he said, oh, listen, you've got a couple of good kids you might want to have a look at for Greenshield and then it's just kind of evolved from there. We've got a great relationship with Newcastle. Yep. Uh, as you know, we've just done our pre-season at Stockton, so they've always been a good contact area for us. Um, and I think we're pretty good too in giving back, you know. Um, you know, we go up there for our pre-seasons, as you know, and yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's good for our boys to get out into the bush. Um, we're putting on a game this year in Orange for first grade which is the first time it's ever happened. So a round game um, by the SCA has been taken, so Manly are playing West. Yeah, it's amazing. So we're actually, what I like, mate, is that we're actually giving back a bit as well. So, you know, we've been doing some media on that um, as well. You know, the, the country people have taken it. And so there was an article the other day on the paper and we're doing a, a radio interview as well just to promote it so they're very excited that we're taking a first grade game out there as well mate yeah, so, that's awesome. so that, it's two and fro is that a day nighter as well day nighter yeah oh that'll be epic yeah it'd be good so you just got to get in the first grade mate it'd be good yeah, to take you out there it. Jay, if you're listening I'm, I'm available <laughs> yeah no very good mate yeah but that's um so i think uh, i think it's important that it, it's it's a road of both ways you know you've got to give as much as you take and um hopefully we're, we're doing that yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And there's, you mentioned Orange there. We've got blokes through the middle of our club, like the Coits, who have Coits. become a big part of our club. Georgie Cummings, one of our up-and-coming spinners. Yep. They're all Orange boys from that part of the world. They are. Um, and I know Ebony Hoskin, I think, has also just joined us on the female side. Who's yeah. a Ebony's from yeah, so Aubrey Ebony's Madonna. from down at How Long, which is yeah. down near Aubrey. And we've got a young girl called Lara Graham, who's from Tamworth. Um, joining us this year so the women's side is important you know I love um, our women's program you know um, Simon Waddington and Ross Denny did an enormous amount of work um, to get that all in place and then yeah. you know Duncan Kerr has taken over as as the head head of women's cricket there so there's some wonderful people involved and the girls are fantastic the energy with the girls they're respectful they're appreciative um, that's the other real excitement at the club I want to end sorry with Probably just one more question, and maybe not even a question, more of a statement on my end, but you've probably not even done justice to the, the work you've done at this club over such a long period of time. You've talked about you've, like the work Fraser's done and Steve-O and the executive team and so many other people, but I probably just want to emphasise at the back end of this pod, mate, that there aren't many others or any others that, that dedicate themselves the way you do. and. Um, whether it's our pre-season and you talk about Stockton and rallying the troops up there, booking accommodation, finding ovals, throwing us over at Asquith to get two 2020s on in a pre-season, like everything in between. Um, you, you do more than anyone else, mate. So 
on behalf of everyone who's a part of our club and I dare say broader grade cricket, New South Wales cricket community, um, I want to say thanks because I, I don't think the 28 minutes of talking we've just done can even do justice to, to the stuff that you do in the backgrounds and the shadows to keep us moving. So it's definitely not a question, but uh, if you've got anything to say for that, mate, I'd love <laughs> to hear it. <laughs> I just want to say thanks, mate. Thanks for that. Um, yeah, I just do it because I love it, mate. And I do it because, you know, this is the, this is a special part of place that gave me opportunities. You know, I, I met my wife, you know, which then eventuated to me having my kids and this has been my home. So the least I can do is give back. Um, and I enjoy doing it, mate. So, But thank you for those lovely words, mate. I appreciate it. No, mate, it's been a pleasure. And thank you for your time on the pod. Um, hopefully the rest of season 23, 24 is as successful as the last two have been for us. And cheers to many more with you, mate, and driving us at the helm. Um, it's been a pleasure. All right. Thanks so much, Emmy. <laughs>